0: This episode of Market Foolery is brought to you by Away. Away makes first-class luggage at coach prices that allow you to charge your phone on the go. For $20 off your order, go to awaytravel.com/fool and use the promo code FOOL. That's awaytravel.com/fool and use the promo code FOOL. It's Tuesday, June 20th. Welcome to Market Foolery. I'm Chris Hill, joining me in studio today from Motley Fool Funds, Bill Barker. Thanks for being here. Thanks for having me. Speaking of travel, we're going to be talking about uh, a couple of things in the travel industry, specifically air travel and vehicle travel. But we got to start with housing. Second quarter profits for Lenar Corp fell two percent. That was still, however, much better than expected, and uh, the stock hitting a fifty-two week high today. And this is something you and I have talked about before. Housing is really strong right now. Housing and housing related stuff is really strong right now.
1: It's strong, and it's not really strong in the, in the same way that it was really strong in 2003, 4, 5, 6, which turned out to be too strong. Right. Uh, and there was a big hangover to be paid for that party. Uh, so actually, Lennar is just now, as a stock, uh, getting close to where it was uh, prior to the crash. Uh, back in '04 uh, or in terms of, of the stock price, I think, and it's uh, you know closing back in on on the same sort of sales level. Housing, very cyclical, maybe the most cyclical sort of industry that, that we cover at all. Uh, they were doing about 13 to 15 billion a year in sales. uh '06 that got down into the 2 billion range after 0809 that is a hangover that's quite a hangover and that and the hangover lasted a long time so in 09 10 11 12 you're still in the 2 to 3 billion dollar range it's only now getting back up above 10 billion a year in sales uh, and that's turned out to be uh, you know a better path hopefully for investors than the one that uh, you know, we saw in, in the last decade.
0: Where do home builders rank? And, and wealth. You know, <laughs> where, where do they rank in terms of your preference in terms of investing in housing? Because there are some people who love the home builders for certain periods of time. There are other people who, who look at housing and say, you know what, I, I'm just going to go for the home improvements sector and I'm going to look at Home Depot and Lowe's and and uh, Sherwin Williams, that sort of thing. I don't want any part of the
1: home builders themselves. I can understand not wanting to have any part of the home builders. Although you would have made a lot of money uh, if you had gotten in uh, on the home builders at or near the right time after the collapse, because this is a stock that went from you know fifty, sixty dollars uh, down to down to seven or something like that. Uh, so. Like a lot of things, if you timed it perfectly at the bottom in 9 you'd be sitting on some, anywhere from five to ten times your money. Uh, but for those that don't want to invest in what they know is going to be a, a cyclical story, it's not going to change uh, in the future, I don't think. Uh, I, I think you know Home Depot has been a phenomenal stock and uh, and company. uh, And and Sherwin Williams as well. I'd I'd prefer to be with something a little bit more stable, unless unless you've got the kind of insight that uh, allows you to pick stocks at the bottom. (laughs) Which I mean, Home Depot. You really don't need to have timed the bottom. Uh, Almost any time would have been a good time to be involved in Home Depot. Although, although, let's face it, uh, they're in retail, and um, although Amazon has not done to. Uh, home improvement, what it's done to just about everything else. The day may come.
0: It may come, but uh, right now, that's when you look at Home Depot and Lowe's, and, and in particular on the Home Depot side, their relationship with contractors. It really seems like, like I, I think that while I can buy a hammer and a, a box of nails from Amazon, I think the. The flag everyone should be looking for in terms of Amazon and the home improvement market is if Amazon st- starts up some sort of outreach to contractors because if they make that move, then I think we can start to have a, a more serious conversation about them improve, you know, encroaching on Lowe's and Home Depot.
1: Yeah. So far, it's been one of the few, Industries, it's been relatively uh, insulated from the Amazon effect, Uh, but the I think the day will come when Amazon has enough uh, capital and bandwidth to take a look, at least at it. Let's move over to Goodyear
0: Tire because Goodyear Tire got an upgrade from uh, I think it was Jefferies, and this caught my attention because we've been talking recently. You and I, and also uh, on the most recent episode of Motley Fool Money, Matt Argusinger talking about the auto parts industry. And if you listen to last week's Motley Fool Money, Matt Argusinger was unsparing in <laughs> in the way he's viewing O'Reilly Automotive and uh, AutoZone, and thinking, "Gosh, even with." The hit that these two stocks have taken over the last six to twelve months, in his words, still pretty overvalued, and so I'm curious what you think about Goodyear Tire, because, look, that's if part of the thesis is the automotive industry is going to have a massive change that will, among other things, result in fewer vehicles on the road. I don't see how that bodes well for
1: Goodyear Tire. Well, Goodyear Tire is in a better spot than AutoZone uh, in this sense. That is, the autonomous vehicle th- uh, thesis. And it's, it's gaining a lot of popularity, uh, viewing this uh, combination of autonomous uh, vehicles and electrical, and what that could do to uh, many industries, including oil, uh, but in terms of auto parts, you're looking at the thousands of parts that go into current uh, cars, and you're looking at autonomous vehicles and electrical vehicles. Uh, electrical vehicles could be done with uh, you know just a couple dozen parts. Well, four of those parts are, are tires in both. So, the destruction that would come to, say, the spark plug industry, uh, or, or any number of other uh, aspects of the car uh, that you would get from a fully electrical fleet. Oil filters. Oil filters. A you know, fully electrical fleet is still going to, as far as uh, I've been told, include rubberized tires. And uh, Goodyear, started by Charles Goodyear, who invented the vulcanized uh, rubber process. He did? Yes.
0: I thought it was a Vulcan.
1: No, no, that, it comes from Vulcan. <laughs> Vulcanized comes from the, the god Vulcan. That's oh, the really? reference. Yeah, It is? Yeah. Okay. You knew that.
0: I absolutely did not know that. I think <laughs> anyone who's listening and hears the tone of my voice realizes I had no idea about any of that.
1: And we're going to be talking about Vulcans later, too. Uh, but that's, uh, that's the reason that Goodyear, although it has been shedding sales pretty consistently over the last six years, is uh, still Doing decently as a stock, it's it's actually the costs have gone down enough that they're they're actually at, at record high profits, despite the fact that their sales have gone from about twenty two billion in twenty eleven to fifteen billion. Uh, that sound the top line sounds really bad, uh, but they are getting more efficient, uh, producing these. China has become by far the the global leader in tire production, but not necessarily Chinese companies. It's still Bridgestone is the number 1 uh, company in the world, and, and Michelin, and then uh, Goodyear.
0: The one note of caution I'll, I'll add to the upgrade that Goodyear Tire got, and obviously, I, I clearly don't know as much about this industry as whoever wrote this report. Uh, but I'll just say, any t- part of the thesis, part of the, the rationale for this upgrade was, Goodyear Tire apparently has strong cash reserves. And that's great. It's, it's, it's good to have cash on the balance sheet. But my gut reaction whenever I hear something like that is, is not 100% positive. If part of your thesis is, I think they're in great shape. Why? Well, because they've got cash to withstand the lean times that are coming. You know, it's a little bit like when someone says, "You got to see this movie. The cinematography is gorgeous." I, that that's not a great reason for me to go see a movie.
1: Well, I'll give you another reason, and I'm not out here endorsing either the report, which I haven't read, nor the stock, which I don't follow closely enough to uh, go throwing around. Uh, a lot of enthusiasm about. But nevertheless, it is uh, trading at about six, seven times next year's expected earnings, and about you know nine, ten times uh, this year's earnings. So, on a valuation basis, it looks more attractive than a lot of stuff in what is becoming uh, a more and more expensively priced market. So I think that uh, it's it's suffered a little bit of a decline uh, just recently. The stock price has that could be leading to what's a pretty mild upgrade. I think this is not this is not a major change. Um, so okay, the stock is maybe trading at uh, you know single digit multiples, um, you know, close to mid single digit if you believe next year's expected earnings. I think that they might be a little high as earnings projections a year forward almost always are. So, I think that the valuation is, while interesting to look at, um, I wouldn't entirely buy next year's uh, projections. Before
0: we get to our next topic, got to give a shout-out to our friends at Away. Away makes affordable, high-quality suitcases that charge your phone and start at just $225. By cutting out the middleman, Away is able to offer the perfect luggage made with high-quality materials at a much lower price. The luggage comes in a variety of sizes and colors, and they all cost less than $300. Uh, Earlier this year, when we went down to Austin, Texas for South by Southwest, I took an away bag with me, and it was fantastic. They've got two USB ports and a high-capacity battery that let you charge multiple devices on the go, so you don't have to worry about a dead phone or fight for an outlet at the airport. That's, That's the new smoking lounge. When we were growing up, Airports had smoking lounges. I suppose some of them still do, but now it's it's the it's the charging station. It's the I'm going to go stand with a group of strangers in this one place and do this one engage in this one activity and not talk to anyone, and we're all doing it for the same reason, just so our flight will be better. And you don't have to do that with away luggage. It comes with a lifetime warranty. If anything breaks, they'll fix it or replace it for life. And there's a risk free 100 day trial period. So, if at any point you decide it's not for you, you just return it for a full refund, no questions asked. Plus, you get free shipping anywhere in the lower 48 states. And we've got a special offer for our dozens of listeners. You get $20 off when you go to awaytravel.com slash fool and use the promo code fool at checkout. That's awaytravel.com slash fool. Use the promo code fool. Speaking of travel, I'm going to be gone next week. Uh, thank you to the listeners who sent me suggestions for London and Ireland. Uh, they were all great, and uh, I wish I had more time to do absolutely all of them. Um, but next week, we're not leaving you shortchanged here at Foolery because uh, we've got Strategy Week coming up next week. Longtime listeners are familiar with Strategy Week. New listeners, for, for those who have just joined us in the last few months, Every day next week, we're going to be talking about a different investing strategy, drilling down on small caps, on portfolio allocation, dividend stocks, all kinds of stuff. So that's next week. You got any tactics? Um, there are always tax- tactics. I suppose so I it's call it
1: strategy and tactics week. Strategy and tactics week. You got to go with strategy and tactics week.
0: Yeah. It's just, strategy week just rolls off the tongue a little bit easier. Um, sticking with the travel theme, uh, air travel apparently is going to get a lot faster uh, as soon as the year 2023 uh, in the form of the return of the Concorde supersonic flight. Um, This is news from Boom. Boom is the company, I guess? You sent me this story. I guess Boom is a Yeah, let's credit CNBC. Uh,
1: (laughs) I shouldn't get the credit for sending you the story.
0: You're going to get a a two percent of the credit, and CNBC gets ninety-eight percent of the credit. But basically, it's the it's the fact that, or rather, the potential that flying from Paris to New York or from New York to London. uh, Whereas when we were younger, the Concorde held this amazing promise of, gosh, you can you can fly so much faster for a transatlantic flight. Um, And uh, it sounds like you had the chance to do that once, and it didn't really work out.
1: Yeah, I had the chance uh, in a, a previous life, um, back when in my uh, lawyer days, to fly the Concorde twice, actually, and so my experience was uh, there were about a hundred seats on the flight, and at least one of the two times that I was on it, I think there were maybe thirteen passengers. <laughs>
0: Wow, you could you get a couple rows to yourself. Now this was
1: this was the day after Thanksgiving, so I was flying to the Middle East, and the the first leg. uh, This was back before there were even any direct flights um, from the East Coast to the Middle East, uh, or at least the part that I was going to. And uh, so I was connecting in London, and it was, you know, thirteen people on this flight. Left at about nine ten in the morning, and it's it was a very strange experience on a lot of levels. One uh, everything was called first class on there, and you got first class food, very good food, first class wine. um, But it was nine in the morning, so I I, not like I'm going to (laughs) pass back back in my youth. It's not like I was going to pass up some really good wine uh, to go with my nine thirty in the morning dinner. Um, (laughs) And then you you sort of get to London, and it uh, you've you've lost five hours uh, going over, but only three, four hours to fly, so there's still a little bit left of the day, but not enough to do to do very much. Uh, and then I had to sleep uh, and, and catch a flight the next day to the Middle East. But, but the point is, the Concorde was uh, they're not even talking about the technology being particularly better uh, for this boom um, product, two point, Mach 2.2, compared to the 2.0 for the Concorde. Uh, but, I think they've probably got the business plan down a little bit better. I
0: think they do have the business plan down, and, and I, I think the, the time change thing probably works better uh, going from Europe to the United States. Particularly, and I'll just read directly from the story. Boom claimed the average length of a flight from Paris to New York would drop from seven hours when the full airliner flies to three and a half hours utilizing its full Mach 2.2 speed. Uh, Another example given was San Francisco to Tokyo, which would take a little over five hours compared to the current 11. That's compelling. And I think that when they're talking about uh, a business class ticket costing $5,000, I could see any number of businesses saying, sure, it's worth it for our business to have our people flying at this speed on this plane. And in the case of Paris to New York, you're traveling back in time. If you're taking off at noon, and you land in New York at what ends up being nine in the morning, who doesn't want to travel back in time? I mean, that's, that should, that, shouldn't that be the entire ad campaign right there? Travel back in time. I don't know. Yeah. You'd
1: only land stupid people, I think, if you go with that, right? Well,
0: uh, you know. I mean,
1: many ad campaigns that have been successful have been, uh, Targeted at, at people who haven't given it enough thought, so it might might be perfectly. You could also do that by just traveling across the international dateline, day over day. Yeah, you know? but that's that. Come ah, on, why, yeah. <laughs>
0: come on. That's I mean, if if you or I got the chance to do this, you know, in whether it's twenty twenty three or some point, we're absolutely talking about that the next time we're around. You know each other or friends or you know whatever. You're totally doing that. It's like yeah, yeah. I took the new uh, the the new boom Mach 2.2. 2. I traveled back in time. <laughs> um, you can email us our email address here at Market Foolery is Market at fool. com. We also have a Facebook group that you can join if you're on Facebook. It's simply called Motley Fool Podcasts. Uh, so we we. We got closing in on a couple thousand people in that group, so we would love it if you would join us on Facebook. Uh, from longtime listener Andy Sorensen, uh, who posted something in the Facebook group in the wake of the conversation you and I had last week. We were talking uh, again about housing, we were talking about Robert Schiller, the uh, Nobel Prize winning econo- uh, economist, who uh, you and, and Schiller. Share the background of Yale University, you as a student, him as a professor, and Andy Sorensen wrote in the Facebook group I was just chuckling at the thought of Bill Barker and Robert Schiller hitting the party scene at Yale with Bill taking pot shots at Maine while Schiller is talking up economics. Actually, on paper, this sounds like a hilarious cop movie. And you and I sort of took that and and ran with it because, uh, as fans of movies, uh, you don't have to see many. "Quote unquote buddy cop movies" to quickly understand that there are certain aspects to a buddy cop movie that are uh, thematic that you have to have. You have to have first. Just start with the cops themselves. They're sort of mismatched, mismatched. Easy for me to say. Partners usually one plays it by the book and the other is is sort of a, a rogue, fly by the seat of his or her pants kind of cop.
1: Right and I thought that um the pairing of of me with Schiller didn't really uh capture that as well as as some things could. Uh first of all Schiller would be more in my view more of the the commissioner or the police captain and uh you know I thought well could we do this and that really no we no. there's not enough dramatic tension. Um we're no. same age same you know background and and um Really, we're both rogue, so there's no there's no buy the book guy there. But uh, anyone I, who has made it through a tangent laden episode of Market
0: marketfulery with you and me on it knows. has anybody
1: made it all the way through one of our episodes? I mean, there are a couple, there are a yeah, couple in there theoretically probably. possible.
0: Um, but here's what we did come up with, and we'd love your help with, uh, and and we're going to give the prizes. L- uh, we're, uh, I'm about to go on vacation. Can we not offer prizes just yet? <laughs> I promise. I promise. You don't something...
1: have to mail the prize out right away. Uh, all I'll right. spot you something for Motley Fool Funds, all like right. a, a hat.
0: We'll go prizes or a on shirt. this one.
1: We'll, we'll figure it out as we go
0: because we're going rogue. But here's what we're doing: um, we want uh, we want a buddy cop movie with CEOs. Um, so imagine. And we're just going to cast maybe up to, I would say, up to four characters. So we need who's the CEO who's the play it by the book CEO? And it's CEOs, obviously, as cops. So we need a CEO who's a play it by the book CEO, we need a a rogue cop type CEO. Uh, so there's uh, so they're clashing all the time. We need, as as Bill said, we need the
1: captain. Well, they can be mismatched in any way. That's true. I mean, one, true. Uh, You could have a man and a woman. You could have somebody younger and older. Uh, so w- there needs wh- to be a clash, though. I think I think that it needs to be better than what I'm going to offer. Here okay. To get a prize, like I'm just opening. This is the opening bid. Okay. All right. So um, the, my rogue cop, my my uh, rogue cop is going to be Kevin Plank. From, uh, from Under Armour. Okay. You know, I see him as the sort of street smart, tough guy, uh, you know, knows how to get the job done. Maybe uh, not but,
0: great with filing his paperwork.
1: Right, right. <laughs> and then um, the, one of the uh, motifs for one of the tropes for the buddy cop thing is maybe maybe the other cop is not just by the book, but he's like a robot or he's an alien <laughs> or a Vulcan or something like that. You know, there was a, a TV show out, uh, Almost Human. Uh, which you and I never watched, but probably saw the commercials of uh, while we were watching football games on Fox or something, uh, and and it was this, you know, there was like the the robot cop and then the the normal street smart cop. Human so, cop. So I'm going with Elon Musk for I don't know what he is. I don't know if he's a robot. I don't know if he's Vulcan, alien, cyborg. But uh, I think the dramatic tension between Planck and Musk is where I see. You know, both comedic possibilities and just the the drama. I like it. And also, in my version of this, they're still the CEOs of their companies. But they're also cops.
0: They're solving crimes (laughs) when they're not running, respectively, Under Armour and Tesla. Yeah. They're
1: like like nighttime cops. Do you
0: have someone in mind as the captain who who needs to call in the buddy cops? And there's always the scene where it's like the captain is yelling at the cops because someone's breathing down the captain's neck. The commissioners on my case about this. You guys gotta straighten up and fly right. I got Rex Tillerson.
1: Rex Tillerson, former Exxon CEO, now um, running the State Department. Okay. And I think he could play it both ways. I could see him being, you know, the tough but fair guy, or I could see him being the the real hard ass uh, uh, cop, or just the you know the guy who's really trying to protect them. I don't know how he's going to play it. We don't know enough about Rex Tillerson, but he's got that sort of. Potential gravitas, I think, in my in my version of this, he's got to keep a cyborg in line, so he needs some gravitas.
0: Okay, Um, here's who I'm going with, and and for the
1: mayor, right? Maybe maybe you're going to cast the commissioner, maybe not. I'm not I'm not sure about the commissioner.
0: Someone's breathing down the neck of the captain, though.
1: But the mayor is is going
0: to be Bloomberg, obviously. Of course, yes, of course. Um, Here's here's who I'm going with. Uh, I'm going sort of uh, young rogue with uh, older straight laced. Uh, I'm I'm going with Evan Spiegel, the young CEO of Snap, mm-hmm. and uh, he has been paired with uh, Mark Parker. Is it Parker of of Nike? I think I have that right. Okay, um, who just seems like a a very uh, very unassuming, low profile yet highly successful, highly functional CEO. And I'm going as the captain who's calling them in and chewing them out. I'm going Meg Whitman. Okay. From Hewlett Packard. Hewlett Packard. Because I, I I just And other places. And other places. But yeah, I just like Meg Whitman calling them in and just like ripping into them. And I can't top Bloomberg as mayor, because come on, it's Bloomberg.
1: I mean you could go with commissioner instead of the mayor if you want, if you want to cast it that way. You could.
0: So uh, you can email us, marketfoolery You can post your CEO buddy cop. Casting obviously on the, Twitter, the buddy Marcus cops Fuller.
1: have to have this this conflict at the beginning where it doesn't look like they're going to be able to get along. But mm-hmm. then by the end of the movie, they're working together and they're solving the crime or protecting yeah. whoever, finding the the missing person.
0: And by the way, there are other, as you said, there are lots of buddy cop movie tropes. Uh, so we encourage listeners to just throw in whatever ones they want. I mean, one that we didn't touch on is that uh, sometimes the the one of the cops is close to retirement. And it's just—it's just like I just—I have—I've got just a couple more weeks, and I just—I need to survive and get through so I can retire because I'm going to go fishing and I'm going to retire to Florida.
1: Sometimes one of the cops is a criminal, like uh, Forty Eight Hours, and he's—he's got to be brought out. Yes, you know, in its own way. We're giving listeners a lot of leeway. They can go a lot. Maybe you go with Bernie Madoff. We got to have Bernie (laughs) Madoff working on this case. He's the only guy that can figure that. You know, he's got the inside. He knows where the bodies are buried, and we got to spring him for forty-eight hours, and then you know, he's working with somebody. Maybe it's not or any or any criminal.
0: It's not a requirement. We're just looking for you to cast those four roles. But I will say, if you want to throw in an extra like from Starsky and Hutch, a Huggy Bear. You want to throw in a Huggy Bear character who's the street smart criminal element who's also helping the cops? Uh, that's that's only
1: going to be one a plausible. One of the buddy cops could be a ghost. <laughs> I think that's been done. A
0: ghost cop movie?
1: Yeah. Want, you know, they brought back from the dead or whatever. Again, you can go a lot of different ways. Hilarity here. ensues.
0: Marketfulery at fool.com. You can post it in our Facebook group. You can hit us up on Twitter. If anyone is actually still listening. And yeah, when I get back from vacation, I'll sort through everything. Yeah, we'll have some prizes. There's some Fool Fund swag, some some motley Fool swag. We'll, we'll definitely have some prizes on this one. Uh, you can read more from Bill Barker and his colleagues. You can go to FoolFunds.com and sign up for Declarations. It's the free monthly newsletter that may or may not have its own uh, next issue, including uh, the CEO Buddy Cop Tropes. But we'll see. you got to sign up for Declarations. But here's the good news it's free. Bill Barker, thanks for being here. Thank you. As always, people on the program may have interest in the stocks they talk about, and the Motley Fool may have formal recommendations for or against. So don't buy or sell stocks based solely on what you hear. That's going to do it for this edition of Market Foolery. The show is mixed by Austin Morgan, who is the hardest working man at Fool HQ this week. I'm Chris Hill. Thanks for listening. We'll see you tomorrow.